0: Chub Step Jay Rabbit Creating
1: the All-Add <laughs> <laughs> Jungle
0: Chub Step Ladies and Gentlemen, I give you the King of the
2: Jungle. What about NATO? How do you feel about NATO? I never met NATO. There? I never met NATO on the it. I don't talk about people behind their back. NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty oh, Organization. Oh, but you didn't say that. I thought you were talking about the guy. I know this guy named NATO, NATO Jacob.
0: You did not tell me, Doc. Ice was coming out here. Absolutely.
2: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show started. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. Pat. Hey, what have you been up to the past week? What has been going on the past week?
1: Holiday Christmas party at work.
2: Holiday Christmas party at work. Yes, tell me. Open bar. Ooh. It's
1: great. I was the only one who requested just liquor in their glass. Everyone else got cocktails.
2: Ooh. Johnny Walker
1: Black Label. I don't usually drink Johnny Walker, but they didn't have any whiskey.
2: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, if you can't have what you like.
1: I like my brown liquor. That was all I had. Yeah. Well, either that or a dark version of tequila
2: you don't want to mess with that no 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 booze news bro so that's your booze news slash holiday party
1: last well, week here's one thing really don't like mushrooms there was this ravioli that had mushrooms in it and okay. i ate it and it was delicious and i didn't find out there were mushrooms in it till after and that completely ruined it for me
2: do you so you would not have eaten it again had that,
1: no i tried after yeah i i
2: Someone told – I was
1: like, this is really good. What's in it? And they said, mushrooms. Uh, And the second I knew it was mushrooms, I tasted mushrooms. (laughs) So then you didn't like it. They were cooked differently. They weren't really – they were like hard almost.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm getting hard just thinking about it, Pat, because I had a similar story with Trevor, social media fan. Was he
1: getting hard too? No. He
2: didn't like mushrooms either. And I said, hey, we're going to do portobello mushroom sandwiches at Bro Grill. He's like – Whatever, I'll do it because everybody else is doing it. He enjoyed it. After that,
1: I don't know. So maybe you just haven't had it cooked the right way. It's a mental thing, maybe. Yeah, I have a bad experience. So is you know Christmas season? I guess we'll say it. Yeah. Uh, Polish side of the family. I don't know if I talked about this last year, but we have a borscht. It's yeah,
2: you did not. I don't know if you, I don't think you did talk about okay, this. Okay, well, but I know, you know what borscht it's, is. It's yeah. supposed to be beet soup. It is. The, the, yeah.
1: Where we're from in Poland, they make it with it mushrooms.
2: In, okay, it's a white borscht, right? Is what color is it? It
1: looks like you know mushrooms got liquefied (laughs) okay it's like brownish it's yeah okay never enjoyed it my whole life so i think
2: that has ruined
1: mushrooms from that could be it
2: yeah yeah well okay so uh, that's pretty crazy it's pretty rad it's pretty yeah it's really rad uh so i went to uh i went to colorado this past week i did some snowboarding yeah it was uh, it was fun times. It ended up snowing the whole time. We went out there because a relative of ours had a timeshare that they weren't using, and so for my parents' 25th anniversary, they gave it to them for a bunch of days, so I flew out there to join them. Uh, on the flight out there, it was funny because they make the announcement that you cannot have a Samsung Galaxy Note 7.
1: Because they explode. Because it's a fire hazard,
2: Yeah. <laughs> And so, if you have it, uh, first they don't want you to bring it. Then, if you bring it on the plane already, they're like the stewardess announces. They're like, "All right, well, if you snuck it on the plane, uh, just leave it out where everybody can see it. Don't put it away so it explodes in your bag or something like that." Uh, So that was interesting. I always like that uh, going on. And
1: I saw some video of you just scoping down through the mountains.
2: Yeah. So one of my favorite, like, just feelings in the world is going through just like when it's just when it's snowed a ton and you just got a ton of snow that nobody's gone through, just the powder. They talk about it all the time, you know, but it gets overhyped a little, but not overhyped. I think it just like, it makes, makes it a little sound ridiculous than it is. It's, it's very, it's a very cool feeling. It feels like you're gliding on the ground. My brother like to cruise through the trees. Um, they do that a lot in Colorado. They kind of, you can kind of just go through wherever you want. And uh, a little dangerous because sometimes you start going and it's fast and you can't really turn. And then you go through trees that are barely wider than you, or sometimes you just run into trees. Um, and that'll happen. But uh
1: So how is the weed?
2: Yeah, it didn't do any of that. Um, no, but I mean
1: when you're coming down the, I I meant weeds when you're coming down the hill Oh, they give so, away. Yeah, at all? yeah,
2: yeah. So um the there actually is so the 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 bad part about what do you think I meant, Jared? You know what Pat, here's what I'll tell you I think you meant. So the, the the fun thing about it being powder is that it's very it's you can glide across all those things, but if you wipe out in it and you try to get yourself back up you push down and your hands just sink into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then you like try to flip over and then you sink into the ground. And so you can't really get up and it's so thick that it's slow. So, unless you're on a super steep hill, it's pretty hard to do. So, you, a lot of times, as I said, to unbuckle and that kind of stuff, you start unbuckling, it gets even more difficult because then you, your feet start sinking into the ground. So, then you get exhausted because you're super high up in the air and the air's thin. You know, it's high elevation and uh, it just ends up being a bad time.
1: Yeah, you know, powder and weeds sounds like a real dangerous. Exactly. Combination. So
2: what I, you do actually there is a layer sometimes of like bushes and weeds underneath, and sometimes your my own time my board got stuck underneath that, and the snow was on top, and I was deceiving. So that's what you mean in that sense, Pat. But nice. I, hey, hey, hey. So I also saw, uh, reed. Corbin friend of the show oh I saw his second city performance yes
1: oh thanks for the invite Jerry I actually did invite you I don't think you did and
2: then you said you have to work late that night I did have to work late that night so maybe you did invite yes. me. <laughs> uh, sorry so. I
1: couldn't make it re- I, I wanted to go to but fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah no it was
2: good it was uh it was really good so it was at second city and they had three acts that went and basically there there's like three different groups and each of them was about an hour and he was in the second group so everything he did was within that hour And after the show, we talked to him briefly and he, you know, asked us to guess which, which thing he wrote, which, which skit he wrote. And based on my knowledge of two interviews with Reed, I could not have guessed it, but the one he ended up doing was actually the funniest skit probably in the entire show. Uh, it was a very funny. About, boy, it was about um, two a, a couple eating ice cream, and you find out that the guy had never eaten ice cream before. and you find out the girl had never eaten ice cream before, and they're both kind of like, it, it's it's it was pretty ridiculous. It was funny, um, so well acted, I've, well written. I,
1: we never asked Reed, but so it yeah. was at actually the Second City Theater. Yes, was there any cool memorabilia in there?
2: I mean, they have pictures, pictures of people. I mean, um, memorabilia pictures. You know, I didn't get to see it a ton because I was kind of in a rush. I got there right as it started. Was
1: um, it big? It's kind of small?
2: Uh, the theater? Yeah. It's not It's not huge. It's similar to like a uh, stand-up, maybe a little bigger than like a standard stand-up comedy type uh, performance. I don't know how many seats are in there. You know, uh, maybe a little over 100. Okay. Um. So not a huge theater by any means, but a good amount. I mean, it might have been 200 people there. I mean, but it wasn't definitely over that. It's always
1: know? tough to tell.
2: How big a capacity yeah, I, really is. Exactly. Exactly. I have no idea. Um, it was somewhere between like the United Center and like how many people you could fit around your kitchen table. It was like definitely between that so was Between 20,000 yes. and five. Yes. Uh-oh. It was definitely between that. Right on that. the money. Right on the money. So, anyway, so it was good. Um, it was cool. I had never seen something in Second City before and it was cool to see, you know, for another show, Reed perform. It was cool. Yeah. You did good. You did good. Good job, Reed. Good job, Reed. Great job, actually. So, Pat, I also saw in the last month, uh, or last week, I saw Rogue One, the new Star Wars that came out. And at the end of it, everybody was clapping.
1: I hate when people do that. I know. <laughs> There's nobody there for you to clap for. That's the thing. It, it is It is one thing if Take you're... Take a bow, guys.
2: It's one thing if you're at a... A premiere, right? A movie premiere where there is cast, there's the directors there, there's crew members, all this stuff. But if you're just in a... I'm just in a theater in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, you know, on a random night and... You know I you know what I think it is
1: is like do you ever get that awkward feeling right after a movie ends because it's like you've just been sitting in your chair and like you don't know what to say like mm-hmm. it's been super dark and your brain's yeah. been so absorbed I think people do that to like break the ice maybe yeah does that but, ever
2: happen in any other scenario like that bad?
1: I don't know I I don't clap I think that's dumb
2: <laughs> yeah you're kind of like a first awkward you know awkward first I'd be like you, like you listen clapping. that'd
1: be like you listen to a um, A song on the or in school for the first time, and it's like recorded, and you're like, oh, you know, this is so and so's debut. Like, say it's it's played for whatever reason, everyone claps. Yeah, it's like he's not there.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but I think it's one of those things where it happens every once in a while. It happens a lot with like hyped movies, right? It's always like the big like. It typically doesn't happen when you know. Let's say um, Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart comes out. You know. Uh, and not a lot of people clapping people at the leave. end of that, yeah. <laughs> but as much as I love The Rock, um, but, I haven't seen it, yeah. Just it. <laughs> but uh, it does happen when like Lord of the Rings comes out or like the Star Wars it's movies to come epic. out, yeah. It's like so epic that you're gonna do that. Speaking of epic, uh, co- we used to have a somebody that lived on our wing freshman year, me and Pat and his name is cody cody used to just search epic music on youtube i was and that's supposed what he to room to. with that
1: guy it just kind of like disappeared a little bit yeah
2: well you would have been looking forward to some epic music played on youtube that's literally what he used to search epic music and then just let <laughs> just, just play this epic music so uh yeah that was interesting pat you had you sent me a picture of a sandwich today did you want to talk about that
1: no i just wanted to show you i was eating a yummy delicious sandwich it was a late lunch. <laughs> I thought you might be hungry, so I wanted to bother you a little bit. So I sent it to you. Yeah.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And I
1: sent it to Mike James, too, just because I like to Snapchat. Friend Mike of the show,
2: James. Mike James, uh, friend of the show. So it, it makes me think bad, if I started my own restaurant with, uh, say, I wanted to start with, with my friends, you know, a bunch of us guys. Not with me. Not with yeah. you. Maybe with you'd be in there. Guys. Maybe you'd be the bro-girl guys. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking the, a good good title of a restaurant would be Yeah Bro. But it would be spelled Y A B R O, so it would look like a fancy name. Yeah, bro. Yeah, Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it would look like you would look like you know if you saw that on a restaurant, you think it was you kind I of think fancy. I like Asian four, cuisine yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's really just yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. One word. <laughs> just you, don't, you don't idea. take a breath to say it, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. But it would be it would be written as one word. Yeah. So I th- I thought that would be uh Y A B R O. I thought that'd be good. Chocolate with I thought that be good. You know what I didn't think was good though, Pat, is uh I know I just played this before you right before we started recording and you didn't you don't really know much about Christmas music. But uh my dad sent me this and I thought it was I thought it was pretty interesting just because uh I like this song so much. It's baby, it's cold outside. Somebody rewrote it to be more uh, Isn't
1: there a Jared and Burnflake's version of There the is song? a Jared
2: and Burnflake's version and that version people can check out in the Christmas Chubstep episode, a few episodes ago, but uh, and you know that's a very you know that's a very good song. It's a perfect song written baby, by two. It's perfect. Cold outside. Yes. So, so he, your baby two day. people re- rewrote this, and they they wrote saying that it was uh, for consent. You know, like it has to be more consent minded. And granted, the lyrics Does of that the original. Even mean? Well, okay, so the the lyrics of the original "Baby It's Cold Outside" are pretty ridiculous. Uh, they do say multiple, like one time she says, you know, what's in that drink? And she says, you know, I basically like I have to get home. My parents are will be worried. And he's just saying, oh, it's so cold. You can't leave. Like, you oh. oh, you can't leave. It's so, it's so cold outside. <laughs> you know. Um, so where's the
1: songs taking place then?
2: In um, your mind? It, in, in my mind, it takes place at a guy's house. She came over for the night. That Like not she for the night. She came over for the night. She came over maybe for like a, a dinner. They They were hanging out you know, sometimes. So
1: he's saying it's cold. Don't leave.
2: Yeah. And she's like, you know, what will people say? And he's like, you'll get pneumonia out there. Um,
1: oh my God. And, so they changed the lyrics because and that was
2: offensive. So she, yeah, she says the answer is no. And he keeps saying, baby, it's cold outside. Granted, if you, you know, there's certain ways that if you play things, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> she has a choice. She has a choice. He's
1: not making her do anything. Yeah, he's being he's very trying to be vocally, convincing. He's being persuasive. very
2: persuasive. He's being very vocally forceful. Um, so they rewrote this and Dude, My words don't make you do my, shit. My problem my problem is just that the rewrite of this is not is not very good. Um it's just not like it doesn't flow together as much as the other one. It, I agree. Yes, the the original lyrics are pretty ridiculous. But if you don't like the song, then just don't play don't the song. Don't listen to don't it. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Don't <laughs> be
0: offended
1: by it. Take a walk.
2: <laughs> just you know, speak with your actions more than than. This time they're literally it's just speaking like with a, the words. The
1: message in that song: speak with your actions. She yes. Keeps saying, she should have no, just left. Leave.
2: She should have just left. Leave. Yes. Yes.
1: Was words stopping you?
2: No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, originally those original lyrics are from 1944 uh so also a different time a different, different time over it yeah different you know anyway uh not a huge you can't just you know <laughs> were there taxis in the 40s yeah there there's taxis in the 40s okay yeah
1: it's still slippery outside still slippery outside
2: yeah come on yeah be safe be safe well and that's what this one is saying actually she says be safe you know hey look out be safe but uh you know i just like me and brin's version just a little better that's all i'm saying if you had to choose between this rewritten version and me and brin's version just go ahead and do our version uh, it's going to be a lot Be a lot more happy with that. Um, also, later on, we'll be joined by Mellow Trip, Daniel Washington. He'll be joining us later in the show to talk about his new mixtape coming out and his new music video. But, Pat, I also wanted to talk about here that you you had this baseball manager video that you kept sending me. <laughs> yeah. So what... So what I, did, I actually yeah. don't know his name off the top of my head. Yeah.
1: He's a minor league manager.
2: Though. Yeah. So we'll go into detail about that. Like, what... It's a
1: documentary. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a documentary of this okay. guy. He was a professional baseball player. Yeah. Again, I feel stupid for not knowing his name off the top of my head. Yeah. I haven't seen the whole documentary. I've okay. just seen bits and videos, and I read about the guy. The guy was yep. on the Miracle Mets okay. in the 80s. And
2: uh, Oh, so he's not a current.
1: No, he's not a player. Yeah, yeah, okay. He was, okay. Pl- he was, he was a playing. player. I was
2: saying you were, okay. He was... okay. Got his gotcha.
1: second baseman ended up getting into coaching, was... A candidate to be a you know major league manager, so many yep. different jobs. Eventually, got you know he's a little vocal as yes. you can see. Yes. So he got a job as a minor league manager. He actually took that team to the championship, despite they kept losing some of their best players because they were getting promoted to the majors. Yeah. So I just this guy loses it. Yeah, he really when freaks he gets rejected. It's out. It's yeah. great. It's funny. <laughs> That's what I was sending it. for. Yes. I don't know what the name of the documentary is though. I mean, we could bring it up next time. Yeah. I, Take me, you know, like two minutes to Google it here. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I I've seen some manager ejections in yeah. my day, but this is this guy's mic'd up. so yeah. you hear what he actually says. Yeah, he, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, his no chill level is no, pretty great. No,
2: so
1: I have to follow up on that. Next <laughs> I'm not a coach. Yeah.
2: No, not so a coach. speaking of sports here, Pat, uh, I would always, I, it's always funny. So you you watch these games on TV, like different sports games, and they always show the celebrities like. At the games, right? They show them a lot of times. Like if celebrities at the game, they usually find them on the jumbotron, it's all PR. and they do that, right? But wouldn't it be kind of funny if celebrities just started sitting in like the nosebleed seats?
1: Well, why would they?
2: Well, just because it'd be do kind you of like funny. Sitting
1: in the nosebleeds? I don't hate it. Well, if you could sit closer, if versus I sit, the nosebleeds, if I could sit closer, if money wasn't a thing,
2: I would prefer to sit up close. But right. but that would that's the be the funny part of it. Like, I would just like to see Will Ferrell, like, in, like, the 340 Don't level. you
1: think he's got some people there, like, looking out for him?
2: What do you mean looking out for I him? I
1: don't think he just goes to an event by himself. I'm sorry. I don't.
2: No. You're saying he goes with a big group of people?
1: Either, you know, whether it's the entourage yeah. or he has some sort of security guy there. I mean... He's a big star. People here's, are going to okay. come up to him yeah. and he's just trying to enjoy the game. How about
2: this? Here's here's a better one. He rents an entire 300-level section. I bet you could probably do that for almost cheaper than like a front court seat. Uh, and he just sits in the very middle by well, himself. I mean, it depends on the situation. Or him with him and one other person. I don't even know. I think that would be more funny than him sitting front row, right? I'm just saying it would be funny. It's almost worse than StubHub buying all the You're saying if nobody was using the it event. Yeah. I
0: didn't ask for this.
2: We got we got uh Christmas coming up here uh uh-huh. and the presents to do uh i'm hoping that nobody in my family listens to this episode before it comes out because i have this idea
1: i know nobody in my family listens.
2: okay perfect so. so uh every year like if if one of us orders a present for the other one and it's too late to get there we just print out a picture of <laughs> you <laughs> know what i Had I to do that yes so here's my idea this year i'm going to print out a few pictures of things like for my brother and sister that um I didn't get them, but they would, like, love to have...
1: Okay. A new
2: car! it's It's too, like, on the nose, too obvious, but, like, I'm thinking, like, my brother loves watches, so maybe, like, some super fancy... Like, maybe, like, a Rolex watch, you know, that he thinks that I would maybe, you know... Something He thinks there's a chance that I got him. Not that I would actually ever get that for him. I was going to say. Um, but, uh, you know, or something from my sister that I'll find something she really likes. Just print a picture of it and then just put it on the you know, tree <laughs> so Tiffany's. she opens it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like a $500 gift card. to Tiffany's. I've yeah, I've
1: bought in, in the past three people yep. jewelry from Tiffany's. And yep. I've never seen it worn.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough.
1: Don't waste your money.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, well, I'm sure it wasn't you that wanted to waste the money there, Pat.
1: Well, no, I didn't want to waste yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're saying if somebody buys it for you, wear it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Before we have Daniel on, let's get to a uh, Jeff Goldblum movie review. Hi. 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 I'm Chef Goldblum. Into his pocket. <laughs> I'm gonna get my gold bloom on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, people always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me. Okay, this is Annie Hall from 1977. You ever seen this movie, Pat?
1: Like Annie, the musical?
2: Annie Hall. No. 1977, Woody Allen. No. I believe it won Best Picture. Okay. Actually, in nineteen seventy-seven, so this is directed by Woody Allen, starring Woody Allen, written by Woody Allen. He plays Alvy Singer, and it's also starring Diane Keaton. She's Annie Hall in this. Nice. Paul Simon is in this. Okay. He has a decent role in this. Um, Tony Lacey, he's kind of like a, uh, he's kind of like a famous singer songwriter guy. Um, so Alvy Singer, Woody Allen is a, uh, he's a st- comedian. Annie Hall is this girl that he's dating throughout the thing, throughout the, uh, throughout the movie here. And she's kind of like a lower-level singer. Christopher Walken is in this very briefly. And this is young-looking Christopher Walken. Oh, I'd like to see 1977. that. He's old in every movie. Oh yeah, he's does not look old in this. Um, he plays Dwayne Hall, which is uh, I think one of her relatives in it. Jeff Goldblum, of course, is in this. He, he plays. Wow, uh, he goes that far back. He plays Lacey party guest. Okay. So when they're at a party at Tony at Paul Simon's house, um, he is in it. As the camera passes, as they go from one room to another, he says, He's on the phone and he says, I forgot my mantra. And then the camera pans off him and he is out of the movie. That's it. Yes. That's why he's the beginning. That's why he's the lacy party guest. It's one of his first movies. Also, Sigourney Weaver is in this and she plays Alvy's date outside theater. So, similar role with uh, no, you know, no main parts here, but some famous people that are in this uh, for pretty low level stuff. Is so
1: Goldblum wearing glasses in this movie?
2: No, he's no. not. Um,
1: then the picture online let me see. is wrong. Let me see.
2: Let me see what he looks like in this. Uh, yeah, it's not a great picture of it. He's on the phone no. in it. You did Annie Hall, Jeff Goldblum.
1: I did Lacey Party Guest, Jeff Goldblum. I'll oh,
2: do Annie Hall, Jeff Goldblum. Oh. So uh, I'll post that picture on the Facebook page. So this movie. Uh, This was pretty solid. For a 1977 movie, there's not a ton from, you know, for me, for the 60s, 70s that hold up well. This is just a blank picture, Pat. But, yes, that's him. That's, yeah, in the top there. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, this holds up well. I think it's actually pretty solid. It's uh, kind of a love love story. You know, it's well done. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite well. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. It was on Amazon Prime for free if you have that. So, actually, this is a Jeff Goldblum, this is a top-rated Jeff Goldblum movie. Is he in this hardly at all? No. I mean, he's in this for five seconds. So there was, Brendan Fraser had like one or two movies where he had this kind of, of a role, uh, but uh, this is the first one I'd seen Jeff Goldblum in like that, you know?
1: It's a nice-looking telephone.
2: It is a really nice telephone. Corded phones. People love corded phones.
1: We still have one. We Do don't you? use it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work, but it yeah. hangs in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, hey, I can I can imagine that. All right, Pat, do you want to get to a uh, Tanzania news here? Sure. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure. Scientists claim You know Fugazi is? Fugazi. Yes. It's a fake. Fugazi. It's a It's a wasi. It's a fairy What do you... From Tanzania?
1: Yes, I am.
2: On the hunt for dynamite fishers in Tanzania. This is such a Tanzania thing. It's classic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in Tanzania, dynamite fishers toss up to 50 bombs a day into the coral reefs using a technique that, in theory, is outlawed. And a task force is looking to put an end to this dangerous practice. So, um, (laughs) so, So what happens here is that um, detonating bomb in a coral reef can net fishermen up to hundred fish, which is a lot of money. You know, they want to sell these fish. So basically what happens is they throw them in there. They throw like, basically dynamite in there and then it, it, it explodes the, um, the air pocket that fish have inside their body to like breathe. And so it kills them. And it, and then they just pick them up off the bottom or the top, whichever the way they float. Sometimes they float. So they to the throw top. the dynamite. They throw in the dynamite in
1: the water. Kaboom!
2: Kaboom! And everything within, fish. yeah, it's got a pretty decent range. I think it said, uh, yeah, anything five to twenty meters. If, if it's within that range, it's dead.
1: That's like that's like robbery.
2: Yeah, so they don't love this. Um
1: you, you, well, you got to think how bad that is for the water.
2: That's what I'm saying. So it, it leaves. They throw it in these coral reefs. So it literally just kills these coral reefs. And just everything in there just dies, and then they've got nothing left. Then, they, then the then the fish don't come back. Yeah, you'll catch a lot of fish, but you're just like you're destroying your. You're market, destroying man. Them. So uh, they they interviewed some guy who's done this in the past. Now he's a chef, and he liked to, He was missing fingers because, you know, the bomb went off too soon. But basically, Tanzania's big into mining, so they have all this dynamite that they trade on the black market, and then people just use the dynamite just toss it in the water.
1: Dynamite.
2: Dynamite. So, (laughs) uh, anyway, it could be punished with a uh, 30 years in prison um, if you are, you know, if you're doing this. If you're doing this illegal trade, trying to sell this dynamite and stuff like that, but these, uh, now there's these task force that they've got these guys in boats that are going around the coast and trying to catch people doing this. They said they know if somebody's one of these dynamite fishermen because they'll be wearing like scuba equipment. And, the scuba equipment would always be really crappy. It will be, like, leaking and stuff like that. And so if they see that on the boat, they usually know it's them. They've said they've had times where they go up and they try to arrest these guys and they'll throw the bombs into the police boat. Oh. So then that gets a little dangerous.
1: I would imagine so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, Tanzania is not too happy about this, but I can't really figure out why. Seems uh, – no, I'm just kidding. So it's horrible. It's horrible. So this is just uh, – this is kind of classic Tanzania. Classic. Classic.
0: 29 kids go in the water. 22 kids come out of the water. The ice cream man, he take the rest.
2: All right, Pat, did you have uh you have something for us here? Uh yeah, bitch what? I said bitch, bitch what? Bitch, bitch 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 bitch
0: what? I said bitch what? Bitch 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 what? Bitch. Bitch.
2: You said bitch. Yeah.
1: Okay. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations, yep, yep. have been named or the uh, people getting inducted, yep. Uh, Pearl Jam, big yep. fan. Journey, I, I think they belong in there. That's yep. just my opinion. Yes. Do you ever listen to Yes?
2: Mm, what's a song by I Yes? Had like one hit. That's weird, right? Yeah. Not I, to I have. It might.
1: Well, there's one hit you hear on the radio. Okay. Still, I don't okay. know how big they were back
2: in the day. No, I do not know Yes.
1: Um. Electric Light Orchestra, ELO, Joan Baez, okay. and Tupac Shakur. So my question is, what is Tupac Shakur doing in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, it, it seems weird to have a hip. Is there is there not a hip hop Hall of Fame? Is there not like a rap and hip hop? I don't of know of fame? if
1: there is yet. I mean, how old is hip hop? Or that's a good point.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know not nearly how as big. Old did as, it, you know it didn't really it, blow it, when, it, when the, it started what, blowing the late up? 80s? Yes, I mean definitely in the yeah 80s 90s. So, I mean, so is it
1: old enough for a Hall of Fame yet? Either way, this guy has nothing to do with rock and roll.
2: No. Nothing. No.
1: Okay. All right. There's an article by USA Today. Yes. I like to think that they're credible or at least knowledgeable journalists. But whoever wrote this piece of garbage (laughs) says, Tupac has a history of drug abuse, but so do a lot of other people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that shouldn't matter. He was a pioneer in the hip-hop industry. Again, in the hip-hop industry.
2: Yeah. No, there's no doubt the the leaps and bounds he made for the hip-hop industry I mean, it's you know you very know well known.
1: I don't yeah. think this would bother me that much if there weren't so many snubs. There's so many people who deserve to be in
2: there, yep. and they're not in there. Yeah, but Tupac gets in on the first year; he's eligible. Do you think why is that? I don't know. Do you think this? Ha- what what is the eligibility like? What twenty five years? Twenty five years since they've
1: since the first uh, release.
2: For okay, since the first release, do you think when somebody? It's kind of like they talk about like a lot of artists aren't famous till after they're dead. Do you think it, this has to do with him being gone? I mean, are there, there's, I think you think there's a, a few I other, think, I
1: think if he was alive, I don't think he would get in.
2: Yes, okay. And you said there's a few other hip hop guys that are in NWA
1: and Public Enemy, okay. And they they associated the Beastie Boys with hip hop as well, but I don't, yeah. I don't know if I call that hip hop.
2: Beastie Boys, yeah. Yeah, some of her I mean, it was a different type of, you know. It was basically
1: different. hip-hop over rock music.
2: Yeah, so that makes more sense over, yeah.
1: So that one actually made sense. But this, I just, I for the life of me, I just think this is to get people to watch the special on HBO and get yep. some hip-hop fans interested in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because maybe people aren't going. It's in Cleveland. There's no real good reason to go to Cleveland if you're not yep. from Cleveland. Yep. or don't give a shit about Cleveland. There's no reason yep. to go there.
2: But yeah. It's a-
1: I just I for the life of me, I just don't understand. I just think this is like speaking to the you know, the lower end of people who are remotely interested. You know?
2: Yeah. Like if somebody was like, Oh, maybe, you know, I don't really want to go to the Hall of Fame or to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but maybe I would go, and then they see something like Tupac, and like, All right, I just I'll think go. this yeah.
1: is a damn scam, man. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. You are saying it's yeah, more. I, I it's less, you are saying
2: this less about the music and more about just getting people to go to the 100%, thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's just, yeah.
1: I, I could name you Iron Maiden. Yeah, Judas Priest, mm-hmm. Ozzy, mm-hmm. Ozzy solo. You know, yes. not Black Sabbath. Yep. Um, Motorhead. Mm-hmm. It's like four big bands. There is other ones. Allison Chains. Mm-hmm. That's that's one that's a yep. little more biased, on my opinion. But I just I don't understand i just think in general if it has nothing to do with it just leave it be
2: yeah just leave it be yeah
1: everyone doesn't get a participation trophy
2: yes you know yeah
1: you're a musician you're not a rock musician yeah bitch what (laughs) yeah shut up bitch
2: all right so we also have an email here um we'll get this right before we get to daniel so this is from jason and it says hey chubs what's really at the end of a rainbow after you answer, what do you think those so-called real boys would answer with, and why are they wrong? So, <laughs> <laughs> so real boys, Mike James podcast. Uh, I listen to their show every other Wednesday on iTunes. So, what's really at the end of the rainbow, Pat? Um,
1: I don't know. I don't really think about rainbows.
2: Yeah, that's a good I answer. Really thought of it. That's some good. That's a good pod answer, Pat. Yeah,
1: well, what do you <laughs> think, Jared?
2: Um. Metaphorically, Ben. Let's go metaphorically here because okay, so there's supposed there's to be nothing... a pot
1: of gold there. Yeah, yeah, for... yeah.
2: Right? There's supposed to be a pot of gold at the end. I think I think everybody's uh, end of their rainbow is different. How about that? I think sure. for you, it'd be like big pot of butter.
1: I like yeah. the feeling of squishing the butter with my teeth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. So you. <laughs> okay.
1: So I never really thought about this. Yeah. So okay. So at the end is something. So it... a pot of gold is like you you just struck hypothetically yeah. gold. So yeah. something you've always been chasing after. Yes. What's at the end of it? because um, you're
2: never going to actually get to the end of the rainbow i've tried trust me i've tried. tried yeah what are you doing there's a double double rainbow double jeopardy double jeopardy double you got to find the middle and that's two pots Ooh. yeah so they crisscross crisscross yeah sword fight yeah exactly oh so for you it would be like there'd be a thing of butter and a thing of uh, sriracha mayo retirement yeah retirement and <laughs> then you're done Yep. <laughs> then you're done um yeah i think it'd be different for everybody what what do I think that the real boys answer with? I do listen to the real boys podcast and I would go ahead and say that they think that, um, I would say that they're going to think it's Guy Guy Fieri sitting there. Um, and he is reading to himself. He's reading, uh, like a really weird book to himself, like a child's book. Children's book. A children's book, but just to with himself. Pictures. The children's book with pictures to himself. And I think he's just kinda of sitting there doing that and they Cat walk, in a hat. And they walk in at the end of the rainbow and he's just kinda of sitting there. It's like And he looks up and he says, Hey boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. Dr. Seuss land
1: on the other side of the rainbow. Exactly, again.
2: exactly. And for them that's uh, Guy fietti they're reading that. So uh, and why are they wrong about that? Because uh, Guy fietti is too busy in Flavortown making his food. Damn right. To be doing that. He doesn't have time to be reading. Oh. I don't even think he can read. I bet you he doesn't know, <laughs> you know, like people hand him a recipe and he doesn't know what to do with it. He no. just starts throwing food together and, uh, you know, people don't really see him cook much he either. he just smells though. the recipe. Yeah, he just the, smells the what, recipe. What the residue exactly. from the fingernails? Yeah, it's kind of like how people a lot of people can't read music and they can just hear a song and know how to play it on the guitar or one of those type of things. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's kind of Guy Fieri with food. Like, <laughs> he can just tell you kind of what ingredients are in it based on uh, smelling it. So, uh, or you know, he doesn't even need to taste it, but he definitely can't read it. So that's why they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we will uh, we'll talk to you here, Mellow Trip. what's up man hey hey thanks uh thanks for being on the show man oh
0: absolutely thank you for having me dude yeah for sure this is the first time i've ever done something like this welcome
2: cool never admit that never admit that (laughs) (laughs) i just get it so daniel mellow trip tell us a little bit uh tell us a little bit about the name here
0: So the name Mellow Trip was something that I've been sitting on for a while. I know that I've been very inconsistent with the whole name thing. But I'm like, you know, I'm not famous, so I have room to kind of move around and kind of experiment with things. But uh, Mellow Trip was something that I came up with a while ago at one of my favorite uh, breakfast joints. And I was thinking to myself, just like, you know, what is kind of something that really, really represents me? And one of the first words that came to my mind was just like, okay, melodic. Like, I'm really into harmonies. Like, you know, that's that's a common theme on a lot of my songs. You know, I do yeah. harmonies and melodies and things of that nature. So I'm like, okay, cut that in half. And then the whole trip thing came from, uh, I used to call my friend John, I used to call him Trips because he was Magic Man Midvic, So it was a three M's. And I was kind of like, oh, what if I took the whole trip thing and I was just made it like I'm taking you through a melodic journey. Thus, you have mellow and then trip. It's like, it's like a balance, you know. Sometimes I'm mellow, other times like I'm tripping out. You know what I mean? It's like yin and yang. It's peace and madness. It's it's a bunch of things, but it just it just feels natural. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. So it has nothing to do with falling over marshmallows.
0: Nothing, nothing at all. I I didn't even. I, I, yeah, <laughs>
2: mellow trip. I like that. <laughs> I just, the, the, as soon as you said that, I was just like, why
0: would it be? Mellow trip. That's good.
2: <laughs> so uh people can people can find uh your music soundcloud.com slash mellotrip and that's M E L O T R I P P. And also yes. uh you guys Instagram up Mello triple H on that's, Instagram. Yes. Yes. And then is that uh, a clever name, Tom, yes. clever. <laughs> yeah, it is it is very clever. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Pat liked it. Pat liked it. Uh so Yo, then on Twitter, Daniel Work Stew, S T O O.
0: Yeah, Daniel works too.
2: All right, so you uh, you had this new music video come out, Perception Hazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about this song, kind of the process of that. Um, I mean, Perception,
0: uh, believe it or not, Perception is actually a song that's been uh, I've been sitting on for about a year. Um, there were two different instrumentals that were supposed to be used to, uh, that were supposed to be used for that song. Um, one of them, uh producer friend of mine named Vince he was supposed to fix the bass in the midst of the song and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a much much darker song you know like uh, it it sounded a lot like uh, like it sounded like a lot like Travis Scott like uh, off of uh, days before the rodeo. It sounded like something that was off of there. So we were were going a completely different direction with it, and he just never finished that up. Uh, And then I was supposed to do it over another instrumental that I had found, but uh, the producer who did that, he ended up deleting it off of his page, and then he got rid of all of his stuff. So really, I was was sitting in my kitchen with my friend Eob, and I put on that instrumental, um, and we just kind of – we just sat there and we listened to it a few times through and we just kind of started harmonizing and just kind of figuring out the, you know, and then after a while we started putting words to it. And then uh, one of my friends who was also there, um, after we established like the uh, lately and crazy and this and that, she said hazy. And then it was just like, Oh wait, we could go somewhere with this. So it's kind of like, Chorus just came together like that, like I've been in the right now, baby. But I'd had the verses that I'd been sitting on for a year, because that's just where I was. That was where I was in life for a really, really long time. Uh, so just it's and it and it sucks that it took a, it sucks that I felt that way for an entire year. But it was good to finally like release that, because I'm in a much better place now that I got like that off of my chest. Because I've felt that way for a while now. Uh, so yeah, man.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I I really like the lyrics of the song. They definitely feel real. Like you can definitely tell, you know, that that like the, the song means something to you. I, uh, I yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would like a version maybe specifically for the podcast where you just go, uh huh, uh huh huh, you know, <laughs> one of those versions. <laughs> yeah, just
0: just do like the whole main thing over it. <laughs> yeah. I can do something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can do that.
2: Yeah. So. Uh, so tell us about, like, the mixtape that's coming out. So the mixtape coming out, That Good Grief, uh, I called it
0: That Good Grief because um, as soon as I started making, like, I'd, I'd been, like, two or three songs in, I noticed that all of them were sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of them were kind of, you know, they were a little, not, not depressing, but it was kind of just like, they're definitely not happy songs. And I was like, dang, like, but... <laughs> The music sounds so good, and it's, it's, it's some of the best music that I've done. So it felt like it was just like, okay, like, obviously I'm not in a good place, but, like, this music is really good. So it's like, it's, it's just it's just that. It's that good grief, you know? It, it, it's some of the best music that I've made in, you know, my quote-unquote career. But, you know, it's not all good. Um, Meaning the sense that it's, I'm not in a, I wasn't in a great place when I wrote a lot of these songs but you'll kind of see as the mixtape goes, like it's there's a light at the end of the tunnel you know, so it ends up being all good but yeah, I mean it's supposed to, I'm supposed to drop it hopefully around either the end of January, early February um, I've just been working around like producers and engineers and stuff of that nature, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the best way that I can describe it, man. It's it's an oxymoron. In the same way that it's kind of like Mellow Trip is kind of like that balance, that good grief is also a sense of balance. Like, it's not... I was, I was very griefed uh, for a portion of the mixtape, and then for another portion of the mixtape, I was good. And I started to find joy in going through these trials and really just, like, being reflective and being honest with myself so i really i'm really really excited to put it out man i think it's gonna i think the general reception is gonna be good and we'll see how far we can go with that
2: yeah we uh when it comes out definitely uh we'll we'll post it out there on our social media stuff like that and let people know so they can check it out Uh, man
0: appreciate that
2: yeah absolutely dude so, so Daniel, what's kind of the hardest part of being at, at your stage in the career, like being where you're at, location wise? I, like, you're not you're not in Chicago, you're not in LA. Like, what what is the most difficult part of doing music? Man, and, you it's, know? Honestly, it's a
0: it's a phrase that was uh, taught to me by one of my friends called hometown syndrome. Once hometown syndrome starts kicking in, you kind of you. You feel defeated. You feel kind of like you're just you're a you're a hamster in a wheel that's going nowhere. You know, it's 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 hard for me, especially because I'm not a person who likes to be in like the same place for an extended period of time. Like I like to get to the next step. You know, and it feels like I've been stuck in the exact same place for a very long time. Not only like uh, uh, from a, a just like a a a town standpoint but from a just like an experience standpoint I haven't really been able to experience a whole lot of things yet you know like I'm, I'm, I'm still in the early stages of kind of like exploring who I am believe it or not so I mean the hardest thing is really for me one I've been like super inconsistent two a lack of confidence in myself and like three just like I can only talk about so many things from so many perspectives before it's just like, it gets, it gets old, you know? And it's awesome that I'm still able to kind of pull inspiration from places, but it's, it, it's kind of unfortunate because I'm the inspiration that I'm pulling from right now is basically being upset that I am in the place that I am right now. Um, so yeah, like you said, man, like Chicago is really where everything's popping at. It's where like all the open mics and stuff like that are. And, it could just be, um, it could just be because part of me has honestly been lazy. But like, I feel like as far as Chicago's concerned, if you're not making a specific type of music or you're not related in some way to like a Chance the Rapper or a Kanye West or a Vic Mensa, all three of which are related to each other, it's kind of like it's very hard for you to really get that attention shined on you. And when you go to a lot of these open mics, it's either trap or it's like super boom bap, I don't plan on ever going anywhere with this type of music. Um, and like, aside from that, man, it's just, it's to make the commute there every single night, knowing how much I have to work. And it's like, if I really, really love my craft, should I make that drive? Yeah. But when, when I said on the song, like, um, uh, and it's going to be too late by the time that I hit the stage, cause five o'clock in the morning is that I, uh, the time that I have to wake. That was real. Like I went out with my friend Angers to the city and he was doing an open mic. He wasn't supposed to go on until about two o'clock. We got there at 11. Mind you, I have to be up in like, you know, three hours around the time that it gets to about two o'clock. And then at two o'clock he decided that he doesn't even want to go on. And I was just like, I don't blame him. Just like we've been here for a while, yes, whatever. But yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's really the hardest thing for me at least. I don't think it's necessarily Elgin all the time but sometimes it's just like you get hit with hometown syndrome where there's there's really nothing new going on around so you can only pull from so many places
2: yeah yeah no i think that that makes sense but uh, at the same time you know you talk about not being happy with where you're at i I think it's i think that's kind of a driving force that everybody should kind of always have where you kind of always want to improve on yourself so I, I think you you having that is also kinda of, you, you notice it in the music, and I think it's I think it helps. Oh yeah, for sure. It's
0: definitely it's it's definitely nice to be uh, self aware. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be aware of that, and I feel like I kind of pushed that away for the longest time. Like I feel like I kind of just wanted to make music that I thought people wanted to hear, and then I found out that I'm not good at that, so. Once I found out I wasn't good at that, kind of had to be like, okay, like, what do, what do you really want? Like, how are you really feeling about things? And that's created some of my best work thus far, even, like, with On My Mind or, like, a song on SoundCloud, like, Tired, that's right now, it's like, both of them have over 600 plays, so it's just like, and those were songs that came straight from straight from my heart, like, exactly how I was feeling, like, this is where I'm at with things, like, I'm not okay, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, definitely, man
1: kind of wondering when it comes to beats do you write your own beats or do you uh sort of sample something that's available or, and how does that process kind of work
0: Oh yeah um so I have uh, a friend he does he he produces for me um he he has like his own little drum kit and everything like that and we've we've made songs together um I don't get all of my stuff from him a lot of my stuff will come from just like digging on youtube i'll dig for stuff on soundcloud like i just uh found a producer his name is uh keem the cypher and i reached out to him he's got he has four of the tracks on my uh, mixtape. Yeah, so I reached out to him, and you know, it's 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 a totally different sound than what I'm used to, but it's it definitely feels right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like i I mostly find a lot of my stuff on online. It's it's hours and hours of just digging for music and just kind of like word of mouth that like this producer is pretty good, and you know, hoping that you come across someone who has good instrumentals but they're not charging an arm and a leg because i don't have the kind of money to be paying for like you know kendrick lamar-esque type of beats you know but even those guys sometimes find their stuff on youtube so it's really just a matter of coming across the right thing at the right time
1: so do you ever like have like a vision in your mind of how you want it to sound or i mean the lyrics probably is from what it sounds like comes first and then but like When you're digging, do you have an idea or does it just sometimes you fall upon something and then that sort of changes the whole vision of what you had? Uh, Sometimes I go in to digging
0: with a vision. And really, like, the only guideline I have is that if it doesn't move my spirit or move my soul in some way that, like, makes me want to, like, if I don't immediately start moving and, like, nodding my head after a while, it's not the right beat. You know, I mean, there's there's plenty of beats that I've come across like they sound good, but like they don't do anything for me. Like, you know, when you hear like even like like you guys, like, you know, when you hear a good Hip hop song, you know, because you immediately start looking around and you kind
2: of start thinking to yourself. Your 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 mind is trying to process what <laughs> <God>. you're hearing. <laughs> Wait, do uh, a fire alarm go off right <laughs> now? <laughs> I, was say, I was gonna say something on fire with <laughs> perfect time. Perfect time. Nice. It's uh, it's your there hot you takes. Go. It's your hot takes. They're uh. Oh. There f- <laughs> well, we go. <laughs> nice, nice. False alarm. Dope. False alarm. All right, so. Uh... <laughs> that was there a good you. answer so so Daniel we've, we've asked this we've asked this question in the past but I'm kind of curious from a hip hop perspective what um, what songs you know what songs or artists do you think will kind of withstand the test of time like what what do you think like 20 years from now we'll look back and be like that was a good hip hop song that was a good rap song and you know what is the kind of stuff that you're going to be like that was crap you know that was so like 2015, 2016 you know I can't believe that was on the radio
0: oh wow specific songs or specific
2: artists? Well, either one. Either one? Okay. Um, I mean one person who I can say
0: is and this is just the first person that came to my mind that I know for a fact is going to stand the test of time. And twenty years from now we're we're definitely going to still be looking back and like uh, I know these are albums that I'll show to my kids. Man on the Moon One and Man on the Moon Two by Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. Cuddy is one of those people that feels like he's forever, you know, and those two albums in particular, you know, uh, the stuff after that, that's really up to, you know, people to debate and whatnot, but a song like The Pursuit of Happiness, I remember when I first listened to The Pursuit of Happiness in its entirety, and like the message that it had and whatnot, I was just like, wow, like this is, Mm -hmm. it was something unlike I'd ever heard before, and I really feel like, especially where, where music is heading, Cuddy was very, very much so ahead of the curve. So I feel like twenty years from now, you look back at something like that, it's just gonna be like, yo, like this guy's still amazing. Like this is, you know, one of the uh, one of the greatest albums ever made, but one of the greatest songs ever made. And people who I think won't stand the test of time, man, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Like with, there's a lot of people that are just like, you know, they don't like mainstream music. Like all oh, the mainstream is crap and this and that. Me, on the other hand, I'm a fan of Ray Schremer. I'm a fan of Burke. I don't have a problem with those guys. You know, I do think they're going to be around for a while, but, like, there could be a chance that they just magically fall off. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's time is, uh, you know, everybody can only be hot so long. Um, But I think one person who I think for sure is going to fall off is going to be Lil Liliati is the one person. one person that i'm just like i don't think that you're going to last as long as you think you are like he's he's at he's at a peak right now he's definitely at a peak right now but i feel like he's kind of gonna have the soldier boy right where like this is his time to shine but it's slowly gonna go downhill from here yeah and that's not like even a shot at him but like it just i don't know man like I, do. Lil Yachty just—it—it it feels so like elementary when I listen to that guy. Like it feels like I lose brain cells. Like so, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. the little kids love that kind of stuff yeah. right now. That's great, but yeah. you know, I just—I don't feel like he'll be here much longer. Yeah.
2: So this is a good. This is a good uh, first hip hop beef. You know, now you got a you got a rival. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lil Yachty has beef with like all of hip hop. <laughs> so. I don't want to be another person <laughs> to be like. Yeah, it just feels like too easy of a target. Yeah. Like he, oh man. All right. Like the things he said about Biggie and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, he's in enough
2: deep water. He's okay. So actually, this is something we were just talking about. So we so Tupac Shakur just got introduced into the uh, hip hop or not the hip hop the rock and roll Hall of Fame. Did you do you think that rock and roll hall it, of do fame, you think right, it right. makes sense for him to be in the rock and roll Hall of Fame? Um.
0: I don't know if I'm the person to answer that question. I I wasn't surprised. I can put it that way. I wasn't surprised when he was, you know, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, just because of the impact that he had on not only hip hop but the world. Like whether you whether you wanted to know about Tupac or not, you've heard about him at some point in time. You know, so I feel like that. And, and, and surprised, I, I don't even really think it's for his music, quite honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what know. we were. That's what we I were don't... saying too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then I, from that standpoint, I can I can really I can see that argument being made. Um, but I, like I said, like I wasn't surprised because it's just like yeah, you know, Tupac made music and you know he was very influential and and very many ways he he was very iconic and stuff like that. So it's like all right, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't really know if it necessarily makes sense, but like, it wasn't surprising. Let me put
1: yeah. that now, it that way. Now, if there was going to be a hip hop hall of fame, where would you recommend that it should be placed? New York. New York? Because Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in it Cleveland. Would to be... It's just such a dump there. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> Not great. Not <laughs> oh, great. God. Cleveland,
0: Cleveland, Cleveland. <laughs> hip hop Hall fame definitely should be in new york yeah new york regardless of what people want to say new york was the founding new york is the founding father the founding state of hip hop and that's just that's not a matter of opinion that's a matter of, if you go back and you really look at where hip hop started it was it was new york and new york really inspired like how i rap and it really new york artists were really the ones that made me want to start rapping everything else around was cool you know what i mean but like the boot camp clicks and like uh, your Wu-Tang clans, freaking tribe called Quest, even like, even like Ja Rule and like 50 Cent, like, you know, mm-hmm. like people might be like, oh, they're not the most lyrical of cats, but like yeah. just the energy that
2: New York brought really made me want yeah. to you know, Nas and was stuff, actually
0: Oh yeah, of course, yes. Nas, Talib Kweli, like KRS, like the, the, the names go on and on and on and on and on. You know, And anybody who says that New York hip-hop fell off, out of your mind, there's plenty of people doing very, very well coming out of New York. At least if, if
2: you open your eyes, you can see those people. But what do I know? <laughs> All right, well, Daniel, is there anything else uh, you'd like to say to the people out there?
0: Um, to the people out there, anybody who has supported me, anybody who's been waiting for me to get my shit together, I hear you. I feel you. I, I, I'm working on it. Um, I'm done playing around, man. I'm really, really, really going for it this time around. So for everybody who supported me and everybody who's going to you know, continue to support me, I thank so much. Everybody who's watched the video, uh, I, it means the world to me. We're already over 200 plays. And that's not a lot to some people, but it, it, it means so much to me that we even got there. Um, and thank you so much for even having me on the podcast I was super happy when you reached out to me dude so I yeah,
2: mean, no, yeah no all the problem. love is
0: so so much appreciated dude yeah.
2: no problem at all no problem at all thanks a lot for uh, thanks for coming on and we'll have we'll have a link to uh, the video and all your stuff on our page
0: my man thank you so much all right. yeah
2: no problem thanks for calling in oh, thank you dude alright bye that was cool yeah very cool very cool so uh, you guys can check him out there. And so, Pat, did you have any other stuff that you wanted to get to here? Bears we're... broke my heart, but you didn't watch it. I, I watched the first half, and in that half. Uh... is that just a story of
1: the Bears season, though? Strong first half, well, fall apart in the second half. But wondering... this time, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> just the same movie over and over again. I, yeah. just, I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to be done with football. I'm so, yeah. I'm so done watching this shit. I can't take it. Yeah, I know. The second the ball went up, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> why is there not two safeties? Just
2: fine. <laughs> As a former, uh, you know, secondary member yourself, Pat, Oh yeah, it was a what very were important. You, you were analyzing that pretty. Uh, you pretty don't hard. let anyone behind you. Man. Yeah, when you're when you're the last guy back there, your safety, nobody gets behind in that you, situation. Right? That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. It is. It is pretty ridiculous. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to see just just a season. The Bears have the most transactions in the NFL. They've done the most trades, the most free agents, all that kind of stuff. Uh and they don't have a lot to show for it. No. No. It's been disappointing for the you know bear season. It's coming, we'll it. it's coming to an end. We'll stop talking about it. It's coming to an end. You know? Well, who cares? Like, come on, let's see what actually happens. You know, it's been so long since you see like a, you know, I it just I'm sick of it. It's done. This will be over soon, then we'll stop talking about it. Yeah, the
1: last thing I'll say, I'm not a
2: fan of tanking games for a draft pick. I think it's bogus,
1: and if you believe in that, you're completely full of shit and delusional.
2: You know what we should do is we should get um, my friend Paul. He is part of the Army Division, tank division. Well, hi, Paul. And we get Steve Palomino. Oh. (laughs) now you're not so (laughs) happy. speed, Steve. (laughs) Speed, Steve. So we get him in here and talk about tanking. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Some good talk. So uh we want to thank uh Daniel for calling for MeloTrip. Daniel for calling in, and we want to have people check him out uh at soundcloud.com slash Mellow Triple h on Instagram, all that good stuff. So also follow this pat. Bad piece33. It's not me. Not this pat. Sorry, wrong pat. This Pat is Pat PatCallan44. Uh, you guys write us the review on iTunes, so we always love those. Also check out uh any Jeff Goldblum movie that's out there, you know, give him some love. He needs it right now. Anyway, write us an email at chubstep.podcast podcast at gmail dot com and tell a friend. And the show's ended.